done her homework as promised for John R. Williams, the attorney for our last guy, the Connecticut killer. The Connecticut killer. This guy, okay, so it's funny. Funny. Brains on the wall. Um, it's interesting, rather. I think you have to rather. explain the brains on the wall thing. Yeah. You can't just oh, throw that out there. Sorry. Okay, brains when on I the wall. When I say funny, it's not like, ho, ha, 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 funny. It's like funny, like, shoot myself, funny. Brains on the wall, brains funny. Brains on the wall, funny. Yeah, kind of that shocking in crisis mode. Yeah, like, brains on the wall. <laughs> this is absurd, funny. Okay, yeah. so brains on the wall, Brains funny. on the wall, funny. When it comes to defense attorneys, I don't know about everybody else, but for me, I'm quick to be like, what kind of person defends someone like this. This man killed, what was it, eight children? Seven children? Uh, yes. Eight children. Oh, well, it's like, seven kids and two. Yeah, eight children, one, one adult. And eight children. That's right. Yeah. One and eight children. Like, what kind of man, person, defends someone like that? Mm-hmm. I also, however, believe in our justice system and everybody deserves a. No, I don't. That's a lie. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> I don't believe that. Some people just don't deserve. So when we're here to talk about messed up people, sometimes that includes the lawyer. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes, more often than not, I will admit I'm quick to judge. Like, what kind of person does this? And while I still stand by that, because you. <laughs> yeah, our Connecticut killer at the end of the episode, you're like, Connecticut killer, piece of piece of shit. That was like the synopsis. Of the I mean, yeah, like, oh yeah, terrible, terrible. Terrible guy. So here we are being. looking at a lawyer who defended a guy like that. Yeah. And I'm like, what is the story with this guy? Right? Like he went hard for oh, him. Oh yeah. He was crazy. Not though. like he phoned it in. Like I'm required by my oath to defend this person. No, it was within five minutes of the verdict. He filed an appeal with this. Yeah. State. Like he went hard for this guy. So I wanted to look him up a little bit and see what this guy's about. He's been an attorney for a very long time. This article was from 2014, which is the same year as um, the article that we read about the Connecticut killer. It's also from 2014. Yes. So this is another attorney. So backstory. John Williams, who represented the Connecticut killer, was representing a man named Angelo Reyes, who for arson and conspiracy. So this guy, obviously, I mean, it doesn't say that he killed anybody, but he was in federal court on arson charges. Um, And they wanted to get this guy thrown off the case. And they even went so far as to call a client of his as a witness. So it says, lawyers can't serve two masters. We owe to each client a duty of undivided loyalty. So they never did call his other client against Mr. Reyes. They claim um, the their, their claim that they might was enough to get him bounced off the case, as he referred to it. Oh. In comes John Williams. So he was retained by Mr. Reyes to replace Norm Pattis. P-A-T-T-I-S. Pattis. So Mr. Williams took it all the way to a verdict, winning an acquittal on this man. Federally. Federal acquittal, yeah. yes. Well, good job, Williams. A state jury, however, did convict him. Which I don't quite understand, but I guess that's for another time. Now, I don't think you can be tried for the same crime twice, but it was probably something else. They probably found other arson charges that they brought up against him. Right. So he will, I mean, he will undoubtedly do time. He still was convicted. Yes. But in the course of his state trial, Williams got in hot water. Yes. So, Mr. Williams 
After the verdict in the Reyes case, it was accepted by the court. The judge then turned on John, Mr. Williams, ordering him suspended from the law for 20 days, effective January of 2015, January 15th. It says, I can't recall the last time a judge ever did such a thing. Quite frankly, such summary justice is deeply troubling. What, so, what did Mr. Williams do for this? Prior to the beginning of evidence, lawyers may file what are known as motions in limine, a Latin term that means at the threshold. These motions are typically used to prevent counsel from mentioning certain things in the jury's presence. Um, so, prior so, bad acts. Oh, so you're putting limits on your opponent, saying right. don't don't mention this, don't mention yeah, that. Yeah, and it happens a lot, like I said, prior bad acts. You know, if somebody's up for rape and murder, but you can't bring up the fact that they, when they were 17, were convicted of sexual assault. You know, you can't bring that up. That's a prior bad act. It taints the jury, so to speak. Okay. They don't always get that, but sometimes they do. Judges have enormous discretion to decide what matters, what is relevant in a trial. In this case, the state moved for an order, 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 <laughs> <and a> order <laughs> forbidding, for reals, forbidding Mr. Williams from referring to Mr. Reyes' acquittal on the related charges in federal court. Okay. So Words in this, are hard. Got it. So in the state trial, they said don't mention the federal trial. Right. And okay. because he was acquitted. So you're not allowed to taint the jury by saying, mm -hmm. you know, similar charges, but he was acquitted. You can't, you know, like, you can't pound that home to put that in the jury's mind like another jury already found him innocent, you know, because mm -hmm. then they're going to be thinking, well, then he's innocent. he must be innocent. Yeah. Right. So the state, of course, was fearing that such evidence would be unduly prejudicial. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The court granted the order. So... That was to say that he was not allowed to mention the federal charges and that he was acquitted. Okay. Had he been convicted in federal court, the state could have moved for permission to refer to those and other bad acts as proof of intent or common scheme plan, you know. Yeah. S series of events. Yeah. Well, I would say if it makes sense if you're, I don't know, I'm kind of torn on this because you could say he doesn't pay his parking tickets. He, um... He has a bunch of speeding tickets. He Everyone hates him at his hometown. And so the jury thinks, wow, this is a bad guy. But in the same vein, the defender, the defendant could say, um, yeah, all these things. But was he acquitted? And they would say, yes, he was acquitted. Okay. So, so it seems like you could play this both sides of the field. It's interesting. Funny you say that because the very next thing it says... In other words, prior convictions could have been used to help prove guilt. However, prior acquittals cannot be used to re to rebut the state's case. So you can oh. use prior convictions. You're not allowed to use acquittals. So it's very one-sided. That is very one-sided. Yeah. There is no principled reason that squares with reason. It is but another example of how the law stabs the presumption of innocence in the back and calls it justice. That's what this Ooh, attorney says. That that. The author of this article is pretty heated yeah. about this. Norm Pattis, yeah. In fact, in the beginning of this, he said, I'm not going to write about Mr. Reyes today. Today, my heart aches for John. So he's referring to the injustice done to the attorney wow. after the Reyes case. I decided this time to do some research on my own, in fact, and I found the court report of um, when Mr. Williams actually got in trouble. So as we know, he was not supposed to mention a prior acquittal um, in front of the jury. 
and um, let's see. So here's the here's the actual what the what the court reporter said, the witness. I don't recall it, but yes, yes. Um, attorney, all right. And then the federal judge spoke, and Judge Shea assessed you directly as well as the other people in the courtroom. Do you remember that witness? Yes. Williams, do you remember that Judge Shea said? I also want to add. I echo what Mr. McConnell said. While your assistance did not result in a conviction, the fact is, prosecutor, objection. So that moment when he said, the witness's assistance did not result in a conviction. The prosecutor said, objection. The court, the judge said, sustained. The jury will step out. And I think in that moment, Williams probably understood that he, well, he probably understood beforehand. Like, I'm going to say that your assistance did not result in a conviction. And he didn't say the word acquittal. And maybe he was hoping to skirt around it like no one would notice or something. But the prosecution was on it, and basically um, the court said, are you going to pursue a mistrial to the prosecutor? Uh, the prosecutor did not pursue a mistrial, and um, William's client was um, convicted at, uh, on those arson charges. Um, anyway, the, the point is, Williams put his license on the line. The judge, without any due process, suspended Williams for 20 days for you know, being a bad boy. Which is so funny. This is nothing to do with murder, but this guy's career is fascinating. So it's not like this judge just chose, you know, like he had a, a grudge against him or he was, um, well, words are hard. What What is it called when they. Uh, have, prejudiced or biased against no, him or something? He's not a lawyer. He's not. Um, oh, not, the lawyer. He's not a troublemaker. <laughs> What's it called? He's not a rookie. What am I looking for? Novice. He's yeah. not a newbie. But that's not what I'm trying a to noob. say. Okay, we read got the point. Mind. We got the point. No, we all read, read my mind. Oh, shut up. Just um, move on. Anyways, he's not whatever. He knows what he's doing <laughs> is the point. Holy shit. So. He's been uh, doing this for 50 years. That's what I'm trying to get at, okay. but I'm stuck on what he's not doing. <laughs> So, anyways, I think this is the judge. I think that's why he like unilaterally was like, "Here's you know, here's your punishment," because this guy isn't new. It wasn't a rookie mistake. Like he knew what the hell he was doing. And I think, like you said, I think he was kind of trapping the witness into saying what he wanted to say but wasn't allowed to say. Mm-hmm. And you can't unring a bell, as we've discussed multiple times. So once the jury heard that. He didn't say it, but they heard it nonetheless, yeah. you know. But, I mean, obviously whatever he did was bad because they ended up convicting him anyways. But, but, so what I thought was interesting about this guy, John Williams has been a lawyer for more than 50 years. So he's been doing this a long time. And he's still practicing? Yes. Wow. He went to Georgetown University Law. He also, he got honors Associates editor George in the Georgetown Law Journal. He went to Harvard, honors cum laude. He's like, like this guy's legit. Like he's a yeah. good lawyer. So, criminal defense lawyer. It it's wow. If I was if I was convicted, this guy sounds like he defends his people. Even the Connecticut killer 
defending his people as if they were himself. Like if he was in trial, he would defend him tooth and nail. And and he even put his license on the line for this guy convict you know, this guy charged with arson. Yeah. So he's the kind of lawyer, lawyer that I would want. <laughs> this is what also so he um, he became chief criminal attorney in the Hill Neighborhood Law Office of the New Haven Legal Assistance Association in the summer of 69. Like. Wow. That's a lifetime ago. <laughs> I mean, that's older than me. You yeah, know, like. Yeah, seriously. Crazy. Um, his first major case was as one of the defense attorneys in the murder prosecution of the local and national leadership of the Black Panther Party. Wow. Like, this guy's all over the map. Like, <laughs> it, like who he defends. Um, it's just it, crazy. He, um... I think this is why um, people hate lawyers. You consider lawyers as, like, this hateful, spiteful uh, profession until they're defending you. Um, right. But, <laughs> but I think of him, um, if you believe philosophically in the need to defend the accused, like this guy apparently does... And um, you find yourself defending people who end up being convicted. Um, people end up hating you because you've, quote, defended a murderer or something. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I feel like any time there's kids involved, everybody can relate to that and how horrendous oh, yeah. it is. So anybody on team accused is now right. a horrible, horrible person. Yeah, and I think, like I said, you can justify a lot of things when it comes to homicide, I feel like not justify but you can try to justify (laughs) nobody can get behind the killing of children nobody except apparently defense attorneys (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah it's just it's crazy this guy's career has been he's an active criminal practitioner he was no no not a criminal practitioner (laughs) that's what it says it says he's a criminal practitioner yeah if he's a criminal practitioner, I think he's a he's a he practices crime. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, depending on how you feel Some about lawyers. Some would argue that that's accurate. So yeah. this list case after case after case, and then it says he is also an active criminal practitioner. His celebrated cases include Lauren Aquin, mass murderer case in Prospect, Connecticut. That's the one we covered. Oh, that's the first one they listed. Celebrated cases. Yeah. Even though he lost. Because it's still the largest mass murder in Connecticut. Uh. Um, so yes. Okay. Well, it says, um, I can't help but respecting Williams. I know. I can't. I can't help but do it, even though he's a he's a criminal defense lawyer and and defends uh, mass murderers. And he still to this day, what's interesting, you go back, uh, the interview that we read about was from 2014, and Williams still said, throw out the confession, throw out the bloody clothes, and you wouldn't have a case. And like he's still he's still invested in that convicted client. It's not like well we lost that one. He's like, it's like he's convinced. He's, yeah. Like he knew that that guy was innocent. And it's funny because it's not, I, okay, so this is where people have an unpopular opinion of defense attorneys. I don't think he believes that man is innocent. He believes in due process and he believes in the justice system. So he fought, he lobbies so hard <sighs> to follow the law to a T that he doesn't, I don't think he even is concerned with innocent or guilt as far as his client goes. He is so passionate about the justice system 
because he even he's worked extensively in cases involving false false confession syndrome. Like he is a like diehard. The justice system shouldn't fail. Well, there's also a there's also a line there. Do you believe in the justice system or do you believe in winning? Does he believe in getting the case so that he can be a winning lawyer? So screw what's right and wrong. Screw what you know the facts say. I want to win this case. And I think that's where people kind of fall off, fall out of favor with lawyers, or lawyers fall out of favor with people, is because like they don't care about what's right and wrong; they just want to win. But but guys like Williams, who's a what they say, a civil rights attorney as well, mm-hmm. he may not believe in winning; he believes in the justice system. Yeah, because he's even been in police; he does police misconduct um, workshops, uh, trial practice law. Like he, in recent years, this is crazy. This man. In recent years, he has devoted considerable energy to protecting the rights of high school girls who have been the victims of sexual assault or harassment to fair treatment by school officials. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, like, he runs the gamut of things. Good for him. Like, I feel like he is a defender of what's right Mm -hmm. and wrong and in the justice system, not necessarily the acts themselves. So I was... um I heard the story about a, a lady who came to the high school because her daughter had punched a kid in the nose and the kid had a bloody nose and they're asking uh, about suspension of the girl and she said, well, why did it? And the, the boy had snapped her bra and the bra had come undone. So the mother said, oh, so you want, you're asking if I'm going to press charges? And the school went, wait, what? Yeah, mm-hmm. school sexual harassment. You're su- you're, this kid has done it multiple times to my daughter and my daughter defended herself as she should have. So... Are you asking whether I'll press charges? And the mood of the room completely turned around. And and the school administration said, oh, oh, well, they never saw it that way. And I don't know if they see sexual harassment in high school the way it should be seen. So good job, Williams. I think, no. It's very much uh, boys being boys. And unfortunately, sometimes that means girls get kind of left in the dust. Not always. I'm not a huge... You know, women are always the victim, fragile, whatnot. But oftentimes, I feel like, especially in younger kids, they're still learning. And I respect that. Sexual harassment is still sexual harassment. Exactly. And if you're setting a president to girls, like, oh, it's okay because he doesn't quite understand it's wrong. Uh And then that continues on into their 40s. Like, I recently got a puppy. And I've learned that puppies learn by what you allow them to do. Exactly. So... If, if he's biting like your hand. Men. Yeah, well. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> jokes, oh, jokes. Yeah. See, he didn't even know what to say there. He just like, he was speechless. He's like, uh, Gosh. he was thinking, don't talk to my wife. Yeah, um, exa- I was thinking of like, crap, what am I allowed to do that I shouldn't be doing? <laughs> probably allowed to do too much. Uh, motorcycle, that's all I'm going to say. No, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, for another day. Anyway, thanks for listening to us jabber on about uh, Williams and his messed up people.